Hey, this is the Score North first place twin show on Score North. Live from Minnesota, the land of 10,000 rakes, where the magic number is 52. I'm Derek Wetmore. We got Judd Zulgad and Danny Cunningham hanging out today. No Rami. Hill is on the other side of the glass producing, and boys, it was not a good start to the Sam Dyson era. Judd, uh, was the cat there? If that's you that's had all I, any, that's all I care about this point. If was you Dyson's had any there. reservations about the Twins' bullpen after a couple of additions, uh, those uh, those reservations kind of proved to be prescient. So I just yesterday. So I I just did the uh, Conduits of Trouble podcast, boys, with Chip Scoggins, and Chip brought up a really really good point. I love this point. Because Rocco doesn't tell us much about how Rocco feels about his baseball team, but he does make moves that tell us a ton. We've talked a lot about Dyson's meltdown, and yes, it was bad, and yes, he only flew in from Philadelphia and just throw damn strikes against the Marlins. It ain't that tough. You didn't fly cross-country, blah, blah, blah. But let's <laughs> let's talk about Chip's point. Pull up the box scores from the last two games now that you've got Romo and Dyson, and look at who Rocco, for instance, yesterday didn't use. Trevor May sat there. Yeah. Trevor May sat there. Absolutely sat there. And you've got Dyson. And let's let's just go down the path of Rocco screwed up, okay? So you've got Dyson fresh off a plane, got there during the game. Let's just say out of sorts. I, I'm gonna I'm for for the sake of this exercise, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say probably wasn't the, the day to pitch him. I don't believe that personally, but just for the okay, sake of this. I was gonna say we gotta I, dig into that for a second. I don't believe that, but I do believe that you had arms in that bullpen with a three run lead that were sitting there against the against the triple A team. The Miami Marlins put out consistently, at least offensively, a triple A team. And you didn't pitch those guys. That tells you a ton about, it's basically a vote of no confidence. Not only you didn't pitch them, but you had 12 innings. It's not as if this was a nine-inning game and it was over. You had extra extra innings to try and get him into the game, and you chose not to. You chose to use Ryan Harper instead. You, you chose to go in other directions instead of using Trevor May. That mm. should be concerning. You saw the trust tree yesterday. I think that's the way you kind of expect it to unfold. It has two limbs. No, three limbs. I'm sorry. Three limbs. Four limbs. Who's a who's a fourth limb? Uh, they Ryan threw, Harper. They threw Ryan Harper in a pretty important spot there, and he got it done. It's a small. A zero. It's a small limb then. yesterday. No, I'm not it saying it's a California any, sequoia here. Yeah, boys. it could break off at any time. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think that they go Taylor Rogers one. Yep. <sighs> Maybe Sergio Romo you two. You can't put Sam to Dyson two right now. No, when, yeah. When, his well, one, when think, he has not yet recorded an out right. for the Twins. I think in their perfect world, it will go. It will go. Rogers, Dyson, Romo situational Harper type thing. Okay. Sure. Harper and Duffy kind of in the mix. I, you haven't said Trevor May just yet. He's not on that trust tree for you. You would have pitched him yesterday. You're playing a triple A team. Like, let, let's call a spade a spade here. You're, you're playing a lineup that nobody outside of Miami, and perhaps if you do live there, you don't know who these guys are. I'm willing to bet if you live there, you okay. don't know who yeah. they are. But that's that, that's the <laughs> not point. a lot of Miami residents were at that game yesterday, that's, as you can no. tell. That's the point of this exercise, right? And I feel it's valuable because Rocco tells us nothing. So let's look at what Rocco does. Sure, you could have brought in Trevor May yesterday to lock down the save if you trusted him. Uh, I'll put a percentage on it: fifty-five percent. Like you're not totally trust him, but uh, okay, he's Trevor May. He can he can get a save against the Marlins. Or not even lock down the save, but keep it at four four in the tenth, the tenth, and the eleventh. Well, no, but but I'm thinking like let's take Dyson out. Let's just say you don't you oh, don't want to pitch okay. you're, you're talking, Rogers again. Okay, you don't want to pitch Dyson because he he just so so I, I am giving Dyson the benefit of man I am road weary and I got traded. I'm not saying I agree, but you could have brought May in to lock down a save against a triple A lineup. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it was still a three-run pitch. That's what I'm saying. I'm so looking interesting at about this. Wednesday's box score here too, because I was trying to think of what who, who came in after Jake Odorizzi left the game, and I'll give it to you. It was Tyler Duffy for an inning and a third. Yep. Sergio Romo and Taylor Rogers locked it down. Yep. It's like that. That makes sense in a vacuum, perfectly fine. And then the next day, you got another bullpen weapon, Sam Dyson, and you're supposed to look. I know they're not going to use the traditional bullpen roles, but just for for our sake on the outside, so we can discuss this. I think if this was a traditional bullpen, Rogers is your ninth, Sam Dyson is your eighth, um, Sergio Romo is your seventh, and then you're playing matchups the rest of the game if you need to. So 
Wednesday's game actually makes a lot of sense in the way they did go through their trust tree in a close game. That was the 2-1 ball game the Twins won. But then yesterday, to go in extra innings after Sam Dyson blows it, and I guess we're kind of already impromptu playing, did the Twins' bullpen do its job? Spoiler alert, no. Um, so yep. even after the Sam Dyson thing, it is interesting. Of course you go to Taylor Rogers in that spot. Like, of course, the game's on the line. You want your best out there. But then to Danny's point, in the 10th inning, I guess I don't get Harper, then Stashek, even though... Those are two guys that I think they're going to like a lot. I, I think Ryan Harper this year has earned his way into that trust tree, Judd. Well, you... I guess you, I, I'm just as cor- as you are. Use correctly, he has. Yeah. Again, this all comes back to... This comes back to um, the, the amount of trust that you have in each of these guys, when to use them, because it's not across the board. It's not... Harper is trusted, I think, if they perceive the matchup to, to be profitable for him. But they're not going to just bring him in without that without that faith or that they feel like these guys to uh, to me are puppets on a string, and so I can play you against this guy and I can do you against this guy, but against these three guys I can't. Yeah, the, he he doesn't have the same level of trust that the other guys in that bullpen does, and right. he probably shouldn't at this point. At one point in his career, very very possible that he does, but right now he doesn't, and that's that's the way it should be for the Twins. Even Stashek. Oh, go ahead, Manny. I oh no, I was going to say, am I reading this right? That Trevor May has not pitched since Saturday. Yeah, yes. that's correct. Saturday. He's working on things on the side. <laughs> that was the end of an, a particularly rough stretch for May, right? Mm-hmm. Where he had given up a couple of those where he's well, blowing fastballs by guys and then hanging a couple curveballs that landed in the seats. That Saturday's game, his last appearance, he went one inning and gave up a hit, a run. Uh, he struck oh, out one. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. Pitches. He faced five batters. I, I still think this October team is unset. And I say October team, guys, not because I'm fast-forwarding, but I do think that the Twins, with their schedule, win the American League Central. So I think at a minimum they're going to October. See, I don't think that their schedule is quite as important as a lot of people want to make it out to be. because, And I don't think that Cleveland's schedule is either. Obviously, the Twins have one of the, if not the easiest schedules in baseball, and the Indians is middle of the road. But this division is going to be decided in the 10 games that these two teams play the rest of the way, head-to-head. That's where the division's going to sure. be decided. I don't think it's going to be decided against the White Sox, the Tigers, the Royals. If the Indians go seven and three against the Twins in that stretch, they're probably going to win the division. If the Twins go that. seven and three, they're going to win the division. If the Twins probably go six and four, it's likely they win the division. But if they screw up those ten games against Cleveland, they're in a load of trouble in the division. Yeah, that's a fair point. I, I wonder how this team is going to respond, and Jed, I'll ask you that pressure. I don't think is going to get to them. You said it's 10 games, right, Danny? And they played 10 games, I don't starting think that, with four next weekend. The, at Target Field, I don't think they're going to look across to the third base dugout and say, oh boy, that's the Indians. This team, to me, even against like uh, the Yankees, we built that series up to be the American League Championship Series in July. Yep. And I don't, I never sensed anyways, personally, that it was like, uh, this moment's too big. Like the stage gets too big? No, I don't think... That's the problem. I, I think my I think your concern now ha- has to be that your starting pitching will simply collapse on you, hmm. and, and that your bullpen won't be it won't be that good. But by not getting a starter, you are now listen. You looked at that Yankee series and laughed. You looked at getting four innings, five from Gibson, four in- innings in which Jake Odorizzi gave up nine earned runs, and you laughed and said, "Ah, oh, that's okay. We're fine. We don't need to trade a top ten prospect." And so I don't think that this would be a question of collapsing where the team feels this pressure. I think it, it, it would be collapsing because the Twins will be doing exactly what the Twins try not to do, which is putting people in position to fail. And there comes a point in time, right now, guys, Michael Pineda is your second best starter. Yeah. How comfortable, How if you're a Twins fan out there, and what I said is absolutely correct right now, how comfortable do you feel with the fact that if you were to go into Yankee Stadium or, heck, if they were to come here or play the Houston Astros or play Cleveland in a huge game, I feel very comfortable saying it goes Barrios. Okay, that's cool. Fine. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Pineda, does that make you sleep well? Like if you're Derek Valdi, does your head hit the pillow and you think to yourself, yeah, you know what, we got the best opportunity to win? If it does, something's wrong with you. 
No, and Derek, to your point about the Twins not being scared of anyone sure. coming in here, and they shouldn't be. There's not a, a team that they should be terrified of. But I can also say on the flip side that when Atlanta comes to town next week, when Cleveland comes to town, when they go to Milwaukee, Texas, Boston, Cleveland again, Washington, none of those teams are going to be scared of the Twins either. Yeah, that's so, fair to so say. it's it's you have to look at the other side of the corner that and the Twins should not be scared of anybody. They are a really good baseball team. But they're not so good where anyone's going to be scared of them, especially with the starters that they're rolling out there. Teams aren't going to necessarily fear Barrios. They're going to think, okay, this guy's a really good starter. But after that, they're going to be like, we have a real opportunity here to to win these games when it's someone other than Barrios on the mound. They're still sure. going to have their chance when it's Jose on the mound. But when it's someone else, it's like, we sh- they're going to feel, we should win this game. With yeah. Barrios, it feels like a toss-up at best, probably, if you're if you're the opposition. But if you're the opposition and it's Pineda or Perez or Odorizzi or Gibson, you can go into that game realistically looking yourselves in the mirror and going, you know what, we feel like we should win tonight. The, sure. the other part of this, too, is we know that you know, they're going to have the Royals and the Tigers and... and um, the White Sox, they're going to play those teams a lot of times the rest of the way. You can't, you know, and you're not going to, they're not going to win all of those games. You know, if they got 10 games remaining against the Detroit Tigers, they're not going to win all 10 of those games. Says you, but, Manny. Yeah, Detroit's really bad. <laughs> well, I don't know that, the, I don't think Detroit would win the Little League World Series coming up later this month. Jeez. Poor Guardy. They're so bad. Um, but I will say this you can't, have games like yesterday start to pile up. Sure. That's definitely fair. You're not going to win every single game against the Tigers and the Royals, but you can't have games like that that should have been won. You can't have games like yesterday repeat themselves. Guys, that game's That's over. That's going to hurt them. I went to a meeting yesterday, and that game's just over. And then I got out of the hour-long meeting, emerged from the conference room, and it wasn't over, and everyone mm-hmm. was tweeting about Sam Dyson. And I thought, what? Happened well, and and I was on Score North Live with Manny yesterday when as when the, the meltdown. Was, well, no, before the no, meltdown, it was four to one. It was four to one, and I I said on here <laughs> the Twins are going like this game. They'll be they'll have won this game in about an hour. Like this game will be over in an hour, mm-hmm. and they'll win four one. Or I didn't know if they would score anymore, sure, but sure. like that was the my thought is oh they're just going to win this one. And Manny, about your point, you can't let them pile up. You can't have them. Period. You're in the heat yeah. of a division race right now. That leads only three games. It's yeah. you cannot afford to lose games, especially when you have a real opportunity. Last night, mm-hmm. you knew there was a good chance Cleveland wasn't going to win that game going up against Garrett Cole and Houston, and they they started a, a huge question mark in Danny Salazar for the Indians. You have to win that game because you should be sitting up four games right now. Instead, you choked one away. I want to make sure we have some perspective on this, and I think we'd all agree on this. But I'll throw it to the room. Sam Dyson, one of the better relievers in baseball this year, acquired at the trade deadline one game in. Obviously, it didn't go very well. And Judd, I want to circle back on your point of uh, it's all Rocco's fault. I know that's not what you're saying. Right. Sam Dyson, you guys still good with the acquisition? I mean, I should say the tandem acquisitions, Sergio Romo and Sam Dyson, I think you just got number two and three in your bullpen. It just... Happened to not am work I good, out yesterday. Am I good with it? Absolutely. Did, did you do enough given your circumstances? Absolutely not. You that, needed more. That's where I'm torn here. But, okay. but but to me, but to me, you knew exactly what you should do, and you didn't do it. Dyson, you should have gotten Romo. You should have gotten Dyson. And you should have. If you look at what the Twins uh, traded on Saturday and Wednesday in those two trades as far as prospects go and realize that they didn't come anywhere close to touching a top 10 prospect, in a year in which you have a chance to, to win a World Series in an American League that's really not all that good, you didn't come close to meeting what you should have. And and these are these are the moments and the years in which we can really decide, is Derek Falvey as smart as we think? Like, we could talk all we want, what we think he's really... But guess what? Baseball's got a lot of young, smart executives, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of guys out there who are very, very bright doing this. And how do you judge ultimately who's in that upper echelon? What Derek Valvey did this week doesn't get him there. And what would have gotten him there was to move at least one, if not two, top ten prospects. And again, not for Granky. He wasn't going to come here. Syndergaard didn't get traded. I understand that. Mad bum as well. But Marcus Stroman, to my dying day, I will be on that soapbox. You screwed that up beyond belief. And don't tell me that Toronto didn't call you back and that the Mets did. That is a lame excuse made by rotisserie baseball league players on Sunday nights who are sitting in their mother's basement. Okay? 
This is Major League Baseball. If you're as smart as you say, then that's your guy. Stroman was your guy. You've got to identify him, you've got to pounce, and you've got to get him. And don't try and leak out, well, they didn't call us back and it wasn't fair. That is something that people who pay money to get into baseball leagues do, not real baseball executives. One can only hope that they learned their lesson this time, but that is an enormous miss. It's enormous. Kind of surprising that if that's true, that as the reports say, that Toronto didn't call the Twins back. I don't buy that. That's all Cleveland's guys running the Toronto baseball it's, organization. It, Derek Falvey came from there. It's, How is there but not it's no, a but it's no excuse. text thread? But but if that is but if that is the truth, I'm with Danny. You guys don't have a group chat? I don't buy. Yeah, I don't buy it. But if but let's say it's true, still inexcusable. Call them back. Keep calling. But if you are, but if <laughs> seriously, but if you Phones are, but if ways, the Blue Jays man. are not calling you back. Call them again. But if but if you're as smart as we say, we cannot we cannot judge uh, Falvey, Levine, Rosas. We can't. We can say that we like them and think they're smart. But it's moments like Wednesday or in the Strowman trade case on Sunday where you separate yourself and then you say, you know what, I was right. My faith in this person was rewarded. And in this case, I'm sorry, it was not. So here's my thing with the trades that they made. I think that Sergio Romo's a fine piece. I think that Sam Dyson's a fine piece. They're both good relievers. I'm with Judd where they didn't do enough. The twins inside that clubhouse, those 25 guys before the trades were made, they all had a belief in there that said, you know what, we think we can win the World Series, and they should have that type of belief. When you're a team that's competing for a playoff spot, you should believe that in your heart of hearts if you're on that roster. But what the front office and what ownership didn't do is confirm that to them. Because Sam Dyson walking through that door doesn't scream from Falvey and Levine, we believe in you guys. Sergio Romo doesn't scream, we believe you guys can win the World Series. In Houston, when Zach Greinke walked into the visitor, or when he walked into the visitors what clubhouse. What was that moment like? When he walked into the visitors clubhouse at Progressive Field yesterday for the Houston Astros to see him, that was not only Zach Greinke walking through that door, that was their front office, that was their ownership saying, we think you guys are going to win the World Series, here's more help. The Twins didn't do that. It's interesting, can't you take the other side of that and say, they already think their group is good enough. This is what I've seen the Yankees arguing. And the Yankees did less to upgrade their team than the Twins did at the trade deadline and are going to be scrutinized for it more. The Yankees could argue, I think rightly, hey, we already have a great team. Let's see what happens here. The Twins might be just saying the exact same thing, Danny. You didn't maximize your chances to do so. And that's actively hurting it. And that's actively not believing as, as strong as you should. And I, and I feel the same way about the Yankees. If we were in New York doing a show there, I would... Rip the Yankees for not improving I'll their burn rotation. It to the ground. And Boston because, too. And Boston as well. Yes. That's actually one of the positives about this trade deadline for the Twins. I don't think that they did enough, but I also think only two teams that they're competing with really got better in Houston and Cleveland well, because Boston and New York certainly didn't. And don't buy what people tell you. Yeah. Ne- never buy executives. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're blowing smoke and they're they're blowing smoke smoke towards their fan base and their players as well. Sure. That's it's a bunch of BS. You did not you did not do what you should have, have done. And this is what one case too where if you're a twins fan and you're saying, Well, the Yankees and the Red Sox didn't do that. Oh, so now it's okay just to group yourself in. You shouldn't separate. Oh, now it's just okay. Now it's okay. The excuse makers just make me want to puke because it's just continually always, well, they tried their heart. No, they didn't try their hardest. They they didn't give up anywhere near a top 10 prospect. And because you know what team probably didn't really need to make an improvement to win the World Series at the trade deadline? The Dodgers? No, Houston. Yeah. Houston yeah, probably did not need to improve. And what did they do? They went out and got and the they made best the guy they move. could. That's that is belief in your team. That is belief from ownership, from the front office. That's everything all, that you need to do. It's also a, a being acutely aware of the fact that a lot of prospects bomb. Yeah, exactly. Here's the other thing too. I want to go back to Sam Dyson for a second because we can say, and you know, and Rocco said this yesterday after the game. He said it was just one of those days. That what we saw from Sam Dyson yesterday. I know it was just one performance, but they got to figure out what the hell happened there. I wouldn't harp on that too much. Those games happen. It's not as if yeah. it's the first time he's lost control of, control of the strike zone. I wouldn't doubt that Sam Dyson is going to be lights out his next outing with the Twins, and everyone's going to, in part, forget about this game. Games like that happen. 
there there were times when Aroldis Chapman, when the after the Cubs traded for him, where he wasn't his best. Andrew Miller, the same thing. I remember Andrew Miller's first game after the Indians traded for him. He gave up two home runs in the first game, and everyone's like, "Oh, is this guy like? Did they just waste their top prospect?" Ryan and then Presley next, gave up a bomb after the Twins traded him to the Astros too. And then next thing you know, <laughs> yeah. both those guys helped carry their teams I, to the World out. Series. What I'm saying though is just be aware of it and try and figure out what happened. And then if you figure out what happened and you fix it, great. But just sure. I, I don't I don't think that they should just blow that off like eh, well it just happens. He's my eighth inning guy for now. I mean until yeah. uh, if this if he, this continues He better be he's my guy. Well he better if be if I'm Rocco Baldelli. Um, yeah. and I think just to put words into your mouth, Judd, from earlier where you were talking about if you believe this is Rocco's fault and you clearly you didn't believe that in your heart of hearts, you know whose fault that was yesterday? Sam Dyson's. Like, and he yeah, would say the strike. same thing too. He would say, "This is the big leagues. I got to get he outs." Did. He did say that. Good for him. Just going to throw strikes. Dude. He's, he's right. That's your job to get outs. We got to hit a quick break. Come back on the other side. I want to talk about five teams because we got to do five thoughts every Friday. Five teams in the American League. And how they fared at the trade deadline, we'll compare it with the Twins when we come back. This is Score North, first place Twin Show. Judd Zolgad, Danny Cunningham, and Manny Hill. I'm Derek Wetmore. You can catch... My baseball friends, Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you, and I've been one myself. I know what goes into it. You love it, but you're grinding every day, solving problems, taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Let's bat around some banter. Twins. Twins. The Score North Twin Show on Score North and scorenorth.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. What are you thinking? What are you thinking about? The twins, of course. It's Five Twins Thoughts Five. with Derek Wetmore. That's right. It is five thoughts. This is the Score North first place twin show. I'm Derek Wetmore. Judd Zolgat and Danny Cunningham and Manny Hill are hanging out with me today. We're going to play five thoughts in just a second. The five AL contenders that made moves at the deadline the twins should be paying attention to. But I wanted to first tell you guys about the Glenn Perkins on Baseball live event that's coming up next week. It's four days away already. Tuesday, August 6th. At Modest Brewing Company in Minneapolis, just before a Twins game, right by Target Field, we're going to be hanging out downtown, maybe having a beer, and talking about the Twins. If you want to come hang out with us, you can. It's easy to register. It's free to go, but you do need to be registered to attend that taping. Go to scorenorth.com slash Glenn for more details. Scorenorth.com slash Glenn. What day again? That is Tuesday, August okay. 6th. Uh, it's before a Twins game. Twins-Braves. If you're going down there for the Braves game anyways, just come a little bit early. Come hang out at Modest with us. But don't forget to register. Scorenorth.com slash Glenn. Guys, I've got five thoughts for you. Um, since Rami's not here, we don't have to do the whole intro, but he always says it's the column that was so good, it couldn't be contained to the written word. And I disagree with him, but it's a fun segment, so we're going to do it. Uh, the five contenders in the American League, and you tell me where you want to stop. We can talk about any or all of them that made moves the Twins should be paying attention to. I think we have to start with the Cleveland Indians. Number one, the Cleveland Indians traded Trevor Bauer for, gosh, they, this was a, a messy trade. And Danny, I heard you guys talking about it on Clusterfun the other day. But basically... What the Indians gave up was Trevor Bauer. Mm -hmm. What they get back was Fran Mil Reyes, the powerful outfielder from the Padres. They get back Yasiel Puig, who's, I, th I think he's a rental. I think he's a free agent. Correct, yeah. He'll be a free agent winter. at the end of the, end of the year. They, they got him for two months. And then they got a top 100 pitching prospect, Logan Allen, to Correct. add back into their system for depth. I, I think getting that for one year and two months of Trevor Bauer makes this team really interesting because some people would argue they're worse with the pitching depth. Others would argue they're better because now they have a lineup. Well, and they also got in two mid-level prospects, too. They ended up with five guys back for Trevor Bauer for a year and a half of Trevor Bauer. I don't understand 
what Cincinnati is doing in this deal. It was kind of strange. I really don't. I understand what, what San Diego did because Framio Reyes was kind of a guy without a position there. He can really hit. He's not a good defender. He's going to DH in Cleveland. He's an American League player. And a lot of pop, though. And they get a, a top 30 prospect from Cincinnati in exchange for, for sending those guys to Cleveland. I don't understand what the Reds were doing there because I don't see them as necessarily being very competitive. Yeah, next year they can have a really good rotation with built around Trevor Bauer and a couple of the other really nice pieces they have there. But I I don't get that trade from their perspective I at think, all. I honestly think all it is is trying to capitalize on Joey Votto. Maybe, and saying, maybe, hey, but, we got to load up on 2020. Trevor Bauer at the top of that rotation looks pretty nice. Yeah, I, I don't get that trade for the Reds. This is, and the Mets are more dysfunctional, but this is the same thing of trying to trying to think that you can win now and you probably can't in 2020. And so you're happy with, you, you get a big name back. But I mean, let's be, you know, frank about this. The Mets and the Reds screwed up this market too. Yeah. As yeah, a whole, as a whole, they had no business getting involved and they did. Uh, Cunningham, my question for you is this off of Derek's point. When is Kluber going to be back? And, and Salazar had a rough start last night, but it was his first start since September of two years ago. Yeah. So so what's the what's the faith there? Because if Cleveland can get something from one or both of those guys for the remainder of this year, I think it changes the dynamic completely of this discussion. I believe the expectations for Corey Kluber to start a rehab assignment within the next week or so, and then it's it's going to be touch and go from there, but they expect him back in the in the big league rotation before the end of the month. Danny mm-hmm. Salazar pitched last night. He was on a pretty strict pitch count. And rough for start, your, for, for it sure. It was but a rough start, but it's his, first, it's his first major league start I'm in 22 you. months, and he's going up against the Houston Astros. There are easier ways to be be kind of gently placed back into baseball than that. So I don't, I don't think it was great for him, but it wasn't terrible. They might get Carlos Carrasco back, who's battling leukemia at some point. I, I don't know if if that's a wise idea for someone that's kind of fighting for their life to be back on the mound, but it's it's him and not me. There's also, they've got depth too, because they traded for Logan Allen, who's been in the big leagues with the Padres. I don't know if the Indians necessarily feel he's ready for this, but Zach Plesak's been really good as a part of the rotation. And Aaron Savale, who came up, he made a spot start earlier this season. That spot start was seven shutout innings. Like he's a guy <laughs> that should be able to contribute to the big league rotation if needed the rest of the season, or at least until Corey Kluber gets back. So yeah, they traded Trevor Bauer away. They got a haul for him. I think that they actually kind of screwed the Twins over with how much they got for Trevor Bauer because it boosted up the asking price that everyone else had for all of the other starting pitchers. So explain this to me then. What's up? Where was the happy medium between the Strowman trade and the Bauer trade? There wasn't one. Oh, I know. Because you you saw the, the, the Strowman trade on Sunday night and you said to yourself, oh, Wow, that's, that's not... That's the price of poker? That's not that bad. Let's play. No. And then, Danny, <laughs> you're play. right. You're right. Tuesday night, the Bauer trade goes down, and you're like, oh, hold on a second here. This is supposed to be somewhere in the middle. Well, the Bauer trade was really interesting because the news came out... Like, it kind of trickled out in terms of who was involved. The first report was from Jeff Passan yeah, of Yeah, didn't get the message. <laughs> yeah. We can touch on that plenty. Um, so the first report from ESPN was that, oh, Trevor Bauer's going to Cincinnati. And it didn't say anything about who was going back. And it also said that it was a three-team deal. And then all of these guys are involved. And it was a, a seven-player trade. And five of them went to Cleveland. Like, yeah. everything yeah. just kept coming back. You go, oh, that Scott Wood guy's involved? Oh, he's going to Cleveland, too? He's yes. not going to San Diego? Right. Oh, Victor Nova, the 19-year-old third baseman that the Indians also got, he's not going to back to Cincinnati. He's going to Cleveland. Like they're getting everyone. The Padres got than, one guy back, right? They got Trumbull. a. They got a. Yeah, he's a, a top 30 prospect. Trumbull. Right. Yeah. That's, I mean, he. He's, that's a big name, but still. Right, but he's the one guy. That, that he's the, Padres the only guy got they got back. Okay. Yeah, the yeah. Indians got everyone in this trade other than Bauer and Trammell. So it shows you how valuable they think Trevor Bauer is, and I think that's kind of the price of elite starting pitching. I know Trevor Bauer hadn't been as good this year as he was a year ago, but I think that baseball clubs look around and say, okay, who are the 25 guys that just shine, that rise above everybody else that you'd want in game one? 25, maybe that's a high number, but there is a finite number of elite starting pitching who can get that job done. I think Trevor Bauer is one of them. So for a year and two months, I mean, as long as he I stays away from the drone. Yeah, there. that's okay. Fair point. If he's bleeding profusely from his finger, it's a bad idea. <laughs> bad. If if he has all ten digits and yeah. he's okay to stay in the game, you trust Trevor Bauer just as much as a, a almost as much as anybody, which is a, a big big statement. But I think it's true. I think Trevor Bauer legitimately has some of the best arm talent in baseball, to use a football term with training camp. 
here in the Hall of Fame game now. Yep. Football season's officially started. We can say arm talent. There's no question he's got the he has the stuff to be a Hall of Fame pitcher. Like he I uh. don't know if his mental makeup is strong enough for that, but he certainly has has the stuff, has the arm talent, has yeah. everything physically. He's just been gifted to where he could be one of the twenty to twenty five best pitchers in the history of baseball with what he just naturally has. That's so, never been the question with him. To me, I I guess at first I thought that the Indians got better this year and in the future. And I talked with a couple of people um, in multiple different front offices who are now it's like I've lessened my strong stance on that. Now, some people say like if at best it's like a sidestep this year and that's really dependent on those other guys that Danny mentioned stepping up the police acts of the world. If they step up and this pitching staff's great and Kluber's back soon, yeah, you're maybe you're not going to notice the drop off of a Trevor Bauer that much, and it's a step forward. If that stuff doesn't happen and you don't continue to get you know dominant stuff from guys who, let's face it, talented but unproven overall, then maybe this is a small like a half step back in 2019 to take a full step forward in 2020 and, I, and beyond. I, I love this trade. I, I, I think th- it showed real guts, and, and it took it took a guy. There's chutzpah involved, no and doubt. We, and we all said you're really going to trade Bauer, and we all thought, yeah, they are. But what are you really going to get? And the fact that, that you got a package that I believe does help you immediately, and Reyes can now DH for you. And look at Reyes statistically. I mean, yes, he can't play the field. I get that completely. He doesn't need to, though. But th- yeah, but this is a guy right. who you can now insert in the lineup and say, go to it, and he's going to hit you home runs. He Everything that we perceive to be wrong with the Cleveland lineup for the first, whatever it is, three months, four months, is now being rectified. Mm-hmm. And now Cleveland, too, Here, here's the thing. So Twins should be good in 2020, right? White Sox should be better for sure. Detroit and Kansas City won't be. But now I, I think there was a definite opinion that Cleveland was going to take a major step back here at some point in time. That step might not be as major as we thought, given what they did here. And it, a lot of that's going to depend on how well these pitchers continue to develop. But the Indians have a track record that's really second to none hmm. in, in the way that they've identified pitchers and developed pitchers. Corey Kluber's now a two-time Cy Young winner. He was just that a was Falvey's, middle. That was Falvey's guy. But, but still, it, as the organization yeah. as a whole, he was, he was no high prospect. He, he wasn't some top 30 prospect in baseball when they traded for him with San Diego. He was just another guy. And they've developed those guys. Zach Plesak and, and Shane Bieber and Aaron Savali, they were all drafted in 2016, and they're already contributing to the big league team. Like They, they have found a way to really do that. And you can't necessarily attribute those guys that have been really talented and have helped them out too Falvey because he hasn't really been around to see them blossom. Sure. Yeah. I don't want to spend too, too much time on Cleveland because we're going to be watching them very closely the rest of the year here in Minnesota. Next and weekend. there's a nice little four gamer coming up at target field. I can't wait. Give us an opportunity to talk about the Indians, but we got to get to some other teams that made trades too. And I'd be remiss if I didn't go to Houston. Thought number two, the Houston Astros got better. They went from potential world series favorites in the American league to World Series favorites in the American League. They deal some top prospects for Zach Granke and don't sleep on the other move. Sent fourth outfielder Derek Fisher, not that Derek Fisher, the other one, to Toronto for Aaron Sanchez, Cal Stevenson, and Joe Biagini. They basically address their bullpen with that move and are going to say, hey, you guys, come get into the Houston pipeline and we'll teach you how to be lights out relievers and like we'll Ryan fi- Presley. And we'll fix you, right? They're trading. Sanchez statistically had been awful. That's but right. You always say to yourself, yeah, but what do the Astros What do the Astros know? And the Astros have done, so where they, in my mind, separate themselves from a lot of franchises now is is twofold. In Granke, they take on salary. Now they got some back from the Diamondbacks as well, yeah. but they took on salary. But they also they also showed the guts to make a trade that the majority of teams now in this league are running from, and you say to yourself, okay, does this does this teach a lesson to those other teams that prospects are there n- not to trade all of them, but to tr- but to move them, you trade some of them, or I, I just I feel like there's this overwhelming majority of teams now that don't don't want to go to the baseball party and be asked about how could you give up the number five prospect? They're like, yeah, we didn't give them up, ain't that great? Know what it is, and that's great, but you're not celebrating anything. Job security. Do you know how much easier it is to go sell an owner, your boss, that, hey, we got a plan here. It's going to be a six-year plan, but we've got a plan. Just look at what the Cubs did. Just look at what the Astros did. They were bad. Man, we've got to keep our prospects, and we've got to have everybody ready under team control 
to be a but star. Don't, but don't teams look at that? It's if, more, more if affordable, I, too. If I own a team, well, that's true. But if I own a team right now and I look at what the Astros are doing or have done or what Theo did in Chicago, I see a guy that made trades that they took, went a, for it. took a lot of guts. And I guess my question is... If the twins didn't do it in 2019, when's when's that time? Like you don't you don't have to be the most ardent baseball fan of all time to see the opportunity that presented itself. And the Astros are like, hell yeah, we're all in. Let's go. And everybody else is like, oh, we no, well, we can't do that. If you don't take that swing, you can't really get blamed. Or at least it's several years later. If none of the prospects pan out, and you're bad at player development, and you just never acquire the fringe of the roster in free agency and trades, you're gonna get fired eventually as an executive. But if you take that swing trade and it's like 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 uh what the pirates gave up for Chris Archer. Yep. You'd imagine that the temperature on that seat rose a few degrees with a move like that. But you know what? You can't sit around forever. I know. I, I agree with you. At some point you've got to go all in and I don't even know know that I'd call this all in for the Astros because they're a team that I think, quite frankly, they're upset they didn't win the World Series last year, and that's yep. why they made this move. They obviously won it in twenty seventeen. But they felt as if they were the best team in baseball last year, and they didn't win the World Series. And they want to make a statement saying, this is ours. I read a great note in Jeff Passan's column on ESPN.com yesterday. I guess I had either forgotten this or didn't know it or whatever. But did you know the Astros tried to trade for Bryce Harper last year? Yeah. At the deadline? I remember that. I like that I completely space. I think they came very close. The the, uh, the Astros and the Indians both tried to trade with Washington. Washington, so, I remember they wanted Shane Bieber from the Indians, and Cleveland wouldn't do it, and that looks like a yeah, really good smart move good now. I don't know what they wanted from Houston, but I know both of those American League division winners last year were on the phone with with uh, the Nationals about Bryce Harper. because the Astros have now acquired Justin Verlander via trade, and they extended him. Garrett Cole via trade. They're probably going to try to keep him, but he's a free agent this winter, so... By the way, Twins, keep uh, keep your powder dry for don't, that one. I told Mackie this. I'll tell you this. Don't even start with that. The Twins will not be competitors for... The reason why the Twins needed to make a trade now is because I, I've accepted the fact, and you can criticize them or not, whatever, that they are not going to be a competitor for a guy like Garrett Cole, just like they weren't for, for Harper or Machado. The Twins need to, when they improve themselves, need to do it. Well, on Wednesday in this case, sure. and, and they failed to. But the Garrett Cole thing. Four years, a, 130 million. It's who a says great no? thought. It ain't happening in this town, boys. It's not happening. They it traded, should, but they, it's not going They traded to. for JV. They traded for Cole. And now they've traded yes. for Granke without giving up who people widely regard their top one and two prospects. It's fascinating. The the Twins are an organization where, unlike the Astros and unlike some of these bigger market teams, you have to win these trades on the margin. You have to mm-hmm. some of these smaller trades that aren't necessarily trading for Garrett Cole, trading for Justin Verlander, or a hypothetical trade for Bryce Harper. You have to win these these minor trades. That's why your scouting department has to be so much better than everyone else. You have to be able to develop talent better than everyone else. That's how you build a, a successful team in a market quite like this. I want to move on to the Oakland A's because that's a team that nobody ever talks about, and we can breeze past them if you want to, guys. But the A's did get better. They traded for lefty fireball reliever Jake Diekman. Mm -hmm. They traded for Homer Bailey. They traded for Tanner Rourke. Um, And then, I don't remember this trade, but Jamison Hanna also went Oakland's way just before the deadline. (sighs) To me... I think there are two tiers of teams. Judd, tell me if you disagree with this. There are the American League teams who you're like, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see them in the World Series. And then there are the teams who are like, that's a really good team. I don't think they're going to the World Series. Oakland falls in that second category for me. I agree completely. And they're a really nice team. I like them we a lot. We saw them here. I like them a lot. But yeah, they are not a team that... But but you know what they see to a certain degree that we've been talking about is they do see that the league is not that great. Now, Houston, I think, changed... With the Granky change, the dynamic feels very different now than it did on Wednesday at noon or so. Uh, so it's changed a bit. But I do think that Oakland looks at the American League with the right outlook, which is this is we can win playoff series here. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be impossible. There, there are some years where it feels impossible. I, I guess I'm going more towards Houston is now the clear cut favorite without question. Where. On Tuesday, I don't think that they were. Do you agree with the tier? Sorry, I didn't mean to. Do I agree with the tier thing? Yeah, just that there's yeah, the teams that I'm can saying, win the World Series and then those that are nice. But I'm saying it's an opportunity It's an opportunity at times to make the most of your situation, and mm-hmm. I feel like Oakland is trying to do that. Do you think there are two tiers, Danny? I and, do, and I'm curious who else you have in that second tier because I'm with you where I think Oakland's in that tier, but I really only have 
one other AL team in that tier, I think. Uh, well, it's a good point. Like, Tampa Bay just never scares me. Tampa Bay's in that tier for me, too. Okay. But I think that New York, Boston, Cleveland, Minnesota, and Houston are all in that first tier where they could be in the World Series. I agree with you. I don't think... I, I'm with you with Oakland and Tampa, where they're in that second tier for me. But the, that first tier... Now, the the first tier's not everyone created equal, but they're oh, all right. in it. Right. The first, Those five teams could be in the World Series. If that's your five playoff teams, it's going to be a really fun October in the AL. Where is Houston now? So if, if you... Tiered this off in the one. accurate, but one, but one, and then so tier one is Houston, and then the rest of the teams that you mentioned. But what's what's the ladder look like in your mind right now, Danny? Is Houston, and then where's the next team, like the Yankees? If you want to pick them. that's a really good question. I don't know that I have a good answer to me. It, to. to me, it's I, I think different it, today. It's, I think it's all it, it's it's really close. It's all jumbled up. It's it's Houston, and then there's a gap. They're in the same tier. Yes, and Houston still would have been number one for me on. Monday prior to the trade deadline, prior to them trading for Zach Greinke, if you would have if you would have forced me to pick who I think was going to win the World Series, I would have told you at the start of this week the Houston Astros. Okay, and Zach Greinke reaffirms that for me, but it doesn't necessarily change a whole bunch in my mind. It widens that gap. It makes them more likely. It's still not a. It's still not like a solid thing. It's not. You can't yeah. write it in stone. If you go Sports on, fan, are weird. if you go on Fangraphs today, the Houston Astros have a twenty six chance percent to win the World Series. Sure. That means. Three out of four times, they're not winning the World Series. It's exactly how I think of it. I think Houston's first, and then the Yankees are probably next, and then throw in the other three teams as sort of that next tier. Any one of them wouldn't surprise. If the Twins go to the World Series, I can't tell you that I'll be shocked. I no, won't be shocked. I wouldn't be Same stunned. Same for Cleveland. Yeah, I wouldn't be stunned either. Any of those five teams, Houston, obviously Houston, New York, Boston, Cleveland, Minnesota, I would not be surprised if any of them are raising the AL pennant in sure. October. Thought number four, we don't need to spend any time on them. The Yankees didn't do anything. They traded for Edwin Encarnacion was it six weeks ago or something yep. now, but they didn't do anything at the deadline and Brian Cashman got ripped for it. Thought number five, the Tampa Bay Rays just made a series of like interesting swaps. The big headliner that people are going to talk about is adding the right-handed bat, Jesus Aguilar. Getting that guy from the Brewers now adds some of that pop that they've been looking for since the offseason. So again, not a team that scares me necessarily for the World Series, yeah, they but they just me. keep winning baseball games. I think at some point we do have to say that's a pretty good club down in Tampa St. They're incredibly well run. Yeah. And how I don't know, why I don't know, you're playing in that just complete joke of a stadium and you got 12 fans going, but they have been blessed with people who are really good at, at taking that type of baseball team and maximizing everything from it. They were the I, classic I, buyers and sellers Well, this I year. talked a little bit yep. earlier ago about how the Twins have to win these trades on the margin. The Tampa Bay Rays have built a contender off doing strictly that. Yes, that's, that's right. That's exactly that's right. how they've become a, and I don't buy them as a serious team that I think can win the World Series, but they're a team that could be a playoff team. And they've built Which is it remarkable. Because, no they, revenue because of whatsoever. how they've done it, they've yep. built it by strictly winning on the margin time and time and time again. These They win these small trades over and over and over again. Guys, we got to hit a quick break. This has been Five Thoughts on the Score North First Place Twin Show. That was Danny Cunningham, Judd Zolgab, Manny Hill. I'm Derek Wetmore. Back after this with the Score North First Place Twin Show, live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes, where the magic number is 51. The Score North Twin Show. Have you guys ever wondered what it's like to be a twin? On Score North and scorenorth.com. All right, time for a Score North download. It is brought to you by MyPillow. And uh, Sam Dyson's Minnesota Twins debut yesterday in Miami did not go so well. In fact, he did not retire a batter. And uh, here's what Twins manager Rocco Baldelli had to say on uh, Dyson's Twins debut yesterday. Coming from our point of view, uh, the way the game played out, I think it made sense to get him in. I mean, it was a, it's a fairly high leverage situation. I mean, it's a, it's a three-run game in the ninth inning. You can question yourself on our end uh, decision-making-wise on what-ifs and things like that, but he's going to pitch in big spots like that for us for the rest of the year. You know, we were going to try to try to stay away from Raj if possible, uh, if we could today. Um, so I thought it made sense to get uh, Dyson up. He was ready to go. He's been off for a few days and, and get him in there. And uh, like I said, he's going to be a guy that we lean on. And uh, days like today, are, they're going to happen. So we'll see how uh, Sam Dyson's next appearance for the Twins, uh, whenever that will be, whether it's uh, today against the Royals or sometime this weekend. We'll see how that goes to see if he can bounce back as we return to the Score North First Place Twin Show.
Thank you, Manny Hill. This is the Score North First Place Twin Show, live from Bombasota, the land of 10,000 rakes, where the magic number is 51, and Miguel Sano went one for five with a couple of strikeouts and four runners left on yesterday. I'm Derek Butmore with Judd Zolgad and Danny Cunningham for one more segment here. Boys, let's set up the Royal Series because this is kind of one of those series that we've been talking about for a while now. You just got to go take care of business, win the series, or sweep. Um, I... I don't like talking like that, but I am also one series at a time guy. And now you are presented with an opportunity where you can try to put some space between you and the Cleveland Indians by winning three games against the Kansas City Royals. Um, Do you guys think that's too much in early August, or is that fair to say? You have to win the series. Two out of three. You have to win the series at a minimum. You can't afford to to lose two or three to the Royals at I got the pitching matchups for you, too, and they... I mean, favor the Twins in my perspective. Martin Perez goes tonight against Glenn Sparkman. Tomorrow, you got Kyle Gibson versus the lefty Danny Duffy. Decent pitcher. fine Would have been a fine trade target for some teams, but the Twins do hit lefties incredibly well. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday's finale, Jake Odorizzi, Brad Keller on the mound for the Royals. I just think that the pitching matchups in a lot of series favor the Twins. As much as we dog on the starting pitching and the bullpen, the Twins have a decent pitching staff when compared with most, most, I say, American League clubs. Don't you guys think it's fair to say this? Because I realize that saying that, that you have to sweep series in baseball is just very in difficult. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So I'm not going to go there, but I will say this. I think if you want to beat Cleveland and, and hang on and win the AL Central, I think it's fair to say that, that we could go through the remainder of the Twins schedule now and simply identify series you need to win the series. And you know what? The Marlins, the blown game, it can hurt. And you should have won that. But you won that series. The White Sox on Saturday, you played like crap. But guess what? You won three of four. Yeah. So I think the fair thing baseball-wise, without it being an outlandish statement of, you know, you got to run run <laughs> the table, the football, <laughs> run the table. I think it's very fair to go through the remainder of the twin schedule and identify series where you realistically say they need to win that series. And if that's two or three, three or four, but because the Cleveland series are going to be really tough now. Yeah. They're going to be fun, but they're going to be tough. You've got you've got series left where where you cannot guarantee that you're going to win them. So I think it it's it's realistic to look at the Royals and say win at least two or three. Shouldn't you say that you feel like you have to win almost every series at this point though? I mean, you're not going to well, guarantee nice. that you're going to win I'm just them, trying but, to be as realistic as possible sure, but, with, with but you, expectations and not be football guy. I think you have to feel like you have to be trying to win every series. Absolutely. Whether it's two of three or in a four-game series, you can't come away with worse than a split. I think that that's going to be the mentality the rest of the way, Danny. I do. I, I think I think it has to be if you're the Twins. But I think it stretches back. Like Honestly, the way this team was humming along in April and May, I think they had that mentality then. I think they walked in. You know, get off a plane in Seattle and think, all right, we better take two or three here. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Go down to Tampa for a four-gamer and think, all right, we're winning the first two so that we can put ourselves in a spot to take three or four from a good baseball team. I think that this mentality has been around for a while, so I'm not sure that it's really going to change too much now that the trade deadline's passed. It's just that when when you play now the Clevelands and when you have, for the remainder of the summer, tough series— I want to see that starting pitching be really good. Yeah. That's what I want to see because that's the one thing I think for, for the most part, they're going to have some down games offensively, but I think for the most part, this team can definitely hit. And the bullpen was improved, but I want to see those starters, and I'm talking more than Barrios, go out there and shove. And he's not pitching this series, so this is a good opportunity sure. to see exactly what you're well, talking about. Well, in Kansas about. City, you should, but I'm but then then you get the Braves and you get Cleveland. Go out there and impress me. Can Rock- Jake Odorizzi give you seven? Yeah. Well, get it back on track, too. Well, I mean, can he give, well Rocco will allow him to pitch seven. <laughs> Rocco, you can pitch guys a little bit longer. Either that or can can we please be done with looking at Jake Odorizzi or Kyle Gibson's stat line for a start and seeing that they went five innings and threw 108 pitches? It's going to be one of the main things I'm watching the next two months, Manny, is like, you just mentioned in the last segment, Judd, Michael Pineda's probably starting game two if the playoffs started tomorrow. I think that's very fair. I think Pineda is your second best starter right now. Figuring out what the rest of that rotation looks like is now, hey, tryouts start tonight. Does that make you sleep Open well? Season. Does that make well, you sleep well? Doesn't make me sleep well. Well, I'm no. not sleeping well. 
But I don't sleep well in general, and so this is just like another thing added on to the I ordinarily sleep like a baby, and these days I'm not sleeping as well. (laughs) Um, I do have the starters ERA pulled up by team. I'm going to ignore the Rays for this purpose because their starters have thrown more than 100 innings fewer than the next team. They're using the opener. So, like, (laughs) they haven't even cracked 500 innings as a starting rotation, and the next on the list, the Houston Astros, 619 innings. So that's that's a big disparity. Throw out Tampa for that reason, and the Twins are second in starting rotation ERA in the American League this year. I would not have guessed that. I knew it was going all right. I knew it was going better than the public outcry, but that's amazing to me. The fact that they've had basically the same five guys throughout the whole year, and we've seen the ups and downs from Martin Perez, and we've seen the ups and downs from Big Mike Pineda. We've definitely seen the ups and downs from former AL ERA leader Jake Odorizzi. And through it all, like they still, yeah, it, it does feel like a long time ago. Through it all, they're still second behind the Houston Astros in ERA. Do you know where they're at in, in, in innings pitched? Sure, as because starting I, staff. I have a feeling that that might not be quite as high. Well, they're just up there with the uh, Houston Astros and Cleveland Indians. Yeah, the Astros and Indians have 619 innings as a staff, and the Twins, 614 and two-thirds. Oh, okay, that's that's better than I had expected. I'm surprised and to hear that what? number, too. <laughs> exactly that's, that's what you're shocking. saying. And guys, you know what? Yeah. That's all well and good. But keep in mind who you've been playing, mm-hmm. and keep in mind the Yankee series was was your your roadmap to what you needed, because that's all that matters. And the American League folks don't like to hear it. It stinks. It still stinks. There's a lot of bad teams. You just got done playing a National League team that stinks. They can pitch, but they can't hit. Yeah. So you know what? Don't I? I put you should win those games, and all well and good, and that's fantastic. And and you get um you get a, a certificate after the game for a free diet Pepsi because you pitch well. That's great. But the Yankee series told us the Yankee series confirmed exactly what anyone who's followed this team and and is not just a diehard fan of this team. So they got blinders on. It told us exactly what we thought, which is the Yankees are prepared to beat your current pitching is constructed seventeen fourteen. Good for you. You went and got bullpen help. Is that enough? I don't know. It's going to be hard to answer in the next two months. But like we months. torture these statistics to say, I know. and then we're like, and they're the analytics. It's like, no, I you got to watch the game. For what it's worth. And and I like the, I love the stats. That's yeah. great, but they have to be melded with watching the game. Third starting staff in terms of ERA in the American League this year, but eventually comes down to one game if you make it to October. Amen. That'll do it for the Score North First Place Twin Show. For Danny Cunningham and Judd Zolgad, Manny Hill on the other side of the glass, I'm Derek Wetmore saying have a great weekend and we'll see you on Monday. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait. What rewards? A do operator skin. Man, I love operator skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.